Everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Pei. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the revival, Dexter, New Blood. Oh, this week we're covering the premiere episode, episode one, titled Cold Snap. Oh, I'm so excited to be talking about Dexter. I'm, say, like, I'm, it, I'm just like uh, bubbling with excitement to be able to say uh, a podcast dedicated to the revival, Dexter. New Blood. Yes. Oh my God. I love, oh, it's great. Love, love this show so much. Um, before, before we jump in and talk about um, this show, where we left off, I'm curious, and I didn't, I didn't prepare you in advance for this, so I'm, I'm sorry to kind of um, put you on Tell the spot. <laughs> no, nothing bad, nothing bad. I'm curious, <laughs> did you watch Dexter back in the day when it was on, or did you like? Did you like come into it later after it had aired, or can you tell uh, me about that? Both. Okay. It, with a lot of shows, I got into it a little late, so I think I want to say the first four or five seasons mm-hmm. I binged. So I don't remember. It was either five or six where I started. So the best of it had been <laughs> I got to binge through. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of like where I had found it a little bit. Like I knew about it, but then it was, I think it was like on Netflix. Right. And so I could watch those first like four seasons or something on Netflix. Yeah, no, it was. It was definitely the first four. Uh, yeah. And by the way, with people listening to this, if you have not watched all of the series oh, of Dexter before yeah. this, which I don't know why you would go into, like, because it's a continuation, because mm-hmm. it's going to be full spoilers yes. for everything. I'm going to go ahead and say that now because I was about to drop a big bomb for somebody who for some reason hadn't watched Dexter and then was watching this or, you know, uh, yeah, thank you. I, I, so, I was definitely going to mention that not at, at yeah. not yet, but I was definitely going to mention for anyone who has not seen the, the entire seasons one through eight of Dexter prior to this revival, we're going to talk about all of it. I mean, we're going to, yeah. you know, it's, it's going to be mentioned all during you know, and, and how we got to hear callbacks uh, from previous seasons. So fair warning, if you have not seen either Dexter 1 through 8, uh, or if you haven't finished um, your watch of it or something, um, we're going to talk about it. So fair warning. Yeah. But go ahead. Sorry, with that warning so, being said. Yeah, so that's what I was trying to remember, 4 or 5, because it was kind of even between those, because the first 4 were on Netflix. Yes. 5 had recently been released on DVD and Blu-ray, and then 6 hadn't started yet. Because I watched the first four on Netflix. I got the finale of four, which is where Ooh. Dexter finds Rita's body killed by the Trinity Killer. <sighs> and that's the cliffhanger they leave you oh on. Oh my god, so intense. And I was freaking the fuck out because I was like, that's where this ends on Netflix. And I looked it up and I knew and the next one was out. Mm-hmm. It was like 2 or 3 a.m. when I had finished that. I immediately got in my car, drove to Walmart, and bought season five. <sighs> on dvd oh my because God, i was I like no so i need much. this right the fuck now i need it now i don't care and yes. so <laughs> yes. and then i went home and i watched the next like who started on season five and then so six seven and eight i watched then as they were airing on showtime week to week oh my god i love that your so, your, yeah. your story is very similar to mine and and i love that i'll admit i i was not watching dexter from season one when it aired on showtime we look i was 
you know, I've, I, I've been poor for a really long time. And, you know, having moved, like, I think at the time we had um, satellite by then, but, you know, adding movie channels was always extra, right? No, no room in the budget for that. Okay. So I knew what Dexter was, was familiar. Didn't know how incredible it was because there wasn't, mm-hmm. um, you know, I didn't know all there was to know as far as like um, the details and how awesome it was, but I heard a lot of talk about it and kind of understood what it was. But anyway, uh, when Netflix first started, now for the young folk out there <laughs> who may not remember that Netflix started as like a DVD rental service, yeah. right? Way back Love in that. the day. Like, you know, back in the day, <laughs> I used to get Netflix in the mail. Okay, Grandpa. <laughs> I know. Time for a nap. Like, say, <laughs> if anyone else remembers uh, that besides me, that back in the day, when, and it's so weird to say that because Netflix still feels kind of new, but it's not. It's been around a little mm-hmm. while. But, you know, when Netflix started, we did sign up for that and thought, wow, this is great. No late fees, you know, blah, 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 all the good, great stuff about Netflix. And I thought, what a great way to get caught up on some some shows that we don't get to see um, and, and do it this way. And they actually had uh, the Dexter, you know, seasons on Netflix that you could rent mm-hmm. through the DVDs. So that's how I started um, Dexter all those years ago. I could not tell you the exact. Um, I know that it was still on air. Um, mm-hmm. So the first like three, four seasons like you, I'd watched through yeah. the DVD process. However, uh, and I can't remember if it was season two or three, but I had watched one season and went to go put the next uh, uh, season in my queue out, had to wait had to oh, wait. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, are you freaking kidding me? I'm like, no, that's that's not that's not gonna jive. <laughs> Not acceptable. I immediately, <laughs> like you, ran to Walmart and went and picked up the next season yeah. and bought it. Yeah. <laughs> and then just went from there. And very similar. Um, so it that's funny. We got kind of similar stories there of Dexter. I was curious as to when you got into it. And, uh, you know, but gosh, I remember, I remember being so obsessed. And uh, I don't think I've seen it. Uh, since then, since I finished it, I don't think I've ever rewatched um, until until we we knew that this was going to come out, and mm-hmm. we decided. I mean, and of course, hearing the news of this was, I think at first I was like, "Oh no, oh no, th- this may not be a good thing," because I think so many fans were really dissatisfied with how it ended. So it was like. Yeah. Um, that didn't end so great. Are we sure we want to bring this back? Are we sure we want to, you know, talk about this again? But then the more news that was coming out of it, um, you know, and as it got closer and closer, it started to get me really excited again that they were really going to try and be faithful to like the original. Um, mm-hmm. And like, you know, the original showrunner Clyde Phillips is back and, you know, Michael C. Hall is an executive producer. They both were dissatisfied with how things ended. Of course, Clyde yeah. Phillips had left after season four. Um, mm-hmm. So he wasn't a part of that, but I don't think that's where he envisioned seeing it end, you know. Um, so seeing as how they wanted to kind of, in quotes, right the wrongs, if you will, of how it ended, got me really, really excited. Uh, and man, being like dumped back into the world of Dexter Morgan has been such a thrill ride. You and yeah. I were talking <laughs> offline how excited we were to to be talking about this show. So. Uh, yeah, yes, for sure. It's just this... Yeah, like rewatching it and just because I, I think I 
told you this. I think before we started recording, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm repeating myself on the recording. Um, yeah, it was like, but like rewatching the episode today and taking my notes and getting everything finalized. And like when I'm like, would pause it to take notes and I would just look up and see Dexter Morgan's face on my screen. And I would just like get giddy. I'm just like, holy crap, I'm actually covering new Dexter. This is happening. Yes. You know, all these years later, since 2013, right? Was when mm-hmm. season eight ended. Man, <laughs> I know, I know. It feels so surreal to be here and 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 thinking that all those years ago, being so obsessed with the show and being so uh, infatuated with the character of Dexter Morgan and his life, uh, that you know now I get to talk about it and now I get to talk about this revival, and I'm just so ecstatic to be to be able to do this and to have this platform and and, and talk to you about it because i know you you know you're a super fan too and to, and to share it with our listeners who i know so many of our listeners out there are super fans oh my god look at this oh you guys can't see peg has a, a ginormous De- Giant dexter poster, with poster. His face on it <laughs> showing right now it on his power screen. saw to the people on it <laughs> it's great i've had this thing forever and that's great. Yeah, I used to hang on. I don't have any posters really hanging up right now. I'm very minimal on decoration, but used to have this thing up. I love it. And I remember like being a big fan of the show and having that, like all of that. And that was actually a little humble brag moment is the one time I, I got to go to New York City with my grandmother years and years ago. Uh, and we got to do, you know, she had, you know, her brother was on Broadway. And so oh, after awesome. he passed... You know, a lot of we had a lot of uh, Broadway friends of his that when we would go up there, she would go up there. I only went once with her, but uh, when she would go up there, they would always hook her up with tickets and cheaper tickets to shows and stuff. So we got to go see some cool uh, shows. And mm-hmm. when I was up there with her, it was just a, it was on Broadway. It wasn't like off Broadway. It was like an official Broadway show, but just a limited run, mm-hmm. just like you know, a, two months or whatever. A little four person uh, play with Tracy Letts. Um, Oh God! I've got a what? Marissa Tomei, mm-hmm. Tony Collette, and Michael C. Hall. Oh crap! And what what a cast! God, it was it was so cool to see that because like that was like one of the first moments of just like this like total fanboy oh out where I'm sitting there like in the audience at this in imagine. this theater, and when he walks out on stage just to try to like hold it in, I was like. That's Dexter fucking Dexter Morgan, Morgan in the flesh on stage in front of me. Oh my like, God. ah, like so amazing. <laughs> I'd be that weirdo on the crowd going, "Whoa, Dexter!" You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that is so cool. What a what a yeah. super cool experience. Um, wow, I, I I would totally just absolutely fall over if I got to to meet yeah. Michael C. Hall. Um, I've been a fan of his since Six Feet Under. I don't know if you if you've seen that show or not. I still haven't seen oh, that one, and I know Pink, you have to. Yeah, it's a. I have to. I I know. I've heard from everyone, and even I'm just like I know it's. I'll get to yeah, it. I will. I know I, too many shows. <laughs> believe me, you don't have to tell me. Um, but definitely, oh man, I'm still trying to work through Mad Men. I think I've only got like a season and a half of oh, that. Gosh. So well, give me some time. <laughs> absolutely, just make sure you get to it when when you, you know the next show that queues up. Make it be um, six feet under. I promise you won't be disappointed. Mm-hmm. And it does absolutely have one of the best finales in TV. That's what I've heard. Um, so. Definitely check it out. But yeah, been a huge fan of Michael C. Hall since then. So then to see him go from the character that he played in Six Feet Under, which I won't spoil or talk about, but 
obviously very different character than Dexter Morgan. So it was, it was you know, I was already super um, into wanting to see Dexter because uh, it was Michael C. Hall in, in the role. And I thought, oh, my God, well, I love him from this. He's got to be fantastic in this. And that's what really drew me to even wanting to start Dexter without really knowing a whole lot. I knew, like I said, just a, a little pieces enough to know that to be interested, but didn't know everything. and didn't know spoilers and things like that. Um, and I just... God, him in this role, he just absolutely nails it, um, and and he is not disappointed in uh, this episode for for New Blood. I mean, I I'm I'm super stoked. And before we start talking about it, because I know we're kind of, or at least I know I'm getting off on a little bit of a tangent, because I can just sit here and talk about Dexter and my love of it all day. Um, let's talk a little bit about where we left off. So I'm not going to go through every single season. Um, of what happened, uh, but just very much where we left off, where we last saw Dexter um, and where we were. So um, Dexter New Blood, which is what we're covering, takes place nearly a decade after the original series finale um, in which Dexter drove his boat into the eye of Hurricane Laura, um, buried Deb in the ocean. Um, He abandoned Harrison and lived under a new identity as a lumberjack in Oregon. (laughs) Now, by the start of Dexter... Why are you trying to ruin my mood? <laughs> I know. <laughs> by it's rereading okay. this. I'm just going uh, <laughs> to... We're just going to brush over that, okay? It happened. <laughs> it happened. And that's what's it cool is. about this new revival is they said, you know, I, I, I respect the fact that they're not going to try to, like, forget that it happened. They're saying it happened. This, this, seer, or this new season, this new blood does not erase... What happened? We're not trying to brush under the rug and say, oh, we're going to like retcon this whole thing. Um, It happened. As much as what we don't want to think about it, it happened. Uh, But he was living under new identity as a lumberjack in Oregon. And now by the start of um, Dexter New Blood in this first episode, Dexter is now living in a small town of Iron Lake, New York, under the alias Jim Lindsay. And it's been 10 years since he killed with the help of Deb, is his conscious um, conscience to suppress his urges. So this is where we left off, and this is how we're starting um, New Blood. Um, again, I'm I'm so excited to talk about this. Um, was so excited to watch Dexter. Been rewatching Dexter leading up to this. So great to have him back on the screen. And what what I really love about this show. Uh, and having watched Dexter in the past and now again in the present is we, the audience, we get to spend so much time with Dexter, right? Like mm-hmm. we spend more time with him than anyone else. And we're in on his secrets, right? The secrets that he keeps from the world. And it's fun because like we're we're kind of implicated as an audience member, Right, and that's that's kind of fun, kind of yeah. <laughs> kind of dangerous, and and I love it. Um, kind of get to ride ride with him a little bit uh so i'm stoked um okay anything you want to add before we jump into our top five? Oh, i don't know because i feel like we could just like i know nerd out and talk about so much of the other stuff we could. i mean yeah with with the ending i don't know i feel like the biggest problem i had with it actually you know what? i'll save that because it's one of my points okay. it'll tie into that and i can okay i can talk about that so yeah um just yeah, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to rewatch every episode, mm-hmm. 
but I took in like four plus hours of recaps that went very in depth. So I still yeah. feel like it's a lot of that's, it's very fresh. Good. You know, it left out a lot of the like kill of the week. Like, sure. Random, sure. Yeah. You know, like, cause I know there's a lot of episodes. There's always like most, not most, but I guess kind of in a way, but a lot of episodes were just like, he would find some random person who had done something bad and just killed them. And it was kind of this like, you know, his serial kill of the week. Yep. Like monster of the but, week. Uh, it was, um, kill of the week. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, I couldn't quite oh. hear you. Could you I said serial killer, said? not Siri. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't need you right now. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I couldn't tell you about a lot of those, but I feel like even if you watched all of it, they would just kind of wash over. Totally. But as far as the main plot points and kind of like the main the killer stuff. or focus of yeah. the, each season. And I know it's pretty pretty you know majority rules on you know the first four seasons are the best and then after after what was it clyde mm-hmm. uh i can't think of his name clyde, right? phillips, yep. <laughs> clyde phillips yeah after clyde phillips left it did kind of tank a little bit and go downhill especially with scott buck in like the last three seasons i think or did he do all four um i'd have to go back and remember. i'm not entirely sure yeah but you know and I can see definitely after watching all those recaps and stuff being like, yeah, there's, you know, it, it lost some of the stride that it had, mm-hmm. even though a lot of people like some like the most hated is season six with Colin Hanks and his doomsday killer thing. Yeah. I loved that one personally. There was just a lot of creative stuff in mm-hmm. it and I love Colin Hanks. So I love Colin Hanks. It, yeah. I didn't mind it. It so carried much. me through on that one. Yeah. So, but, but I get, you know, a lot of stuff. And then, yeah, the ending is just, yikes for me and so it's good for this series to <laughs> it sounds real like entitled but you know it's like it's for them to fix what they did you know i'm, uh, I'm with you <laughs> i'm with you it is time like they said to right the wrong let's get this back mm-hmm. on the path you know we we steered this way we need to to write that again um so yeah i agree mm-hmm. it's okay yeah i Let's let's go ahead and jump into our top five because I know we're gonna have a lot more nerding yeah. out to do. And again, we could do this all day. And I'm sure people oh, are yeah. like screaming at us, like, "Would you please just get to your top five? Just already? talk about this episode. So, talk about the news. <laughs> let's let's yep. start off. I'm super excited. Uh, Dexter, New Blood. Pake, what's your number five? Mm-hmm. My number five, quick and easy one. Just some nice symbolism in the albino deer. Oh yes. Um. Yeah, it is. We see it like right off the top of the episode is him taking off running after it, which the opening. I noticed, you know, no opening sequence with the ding, 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 ding. ding. I, I was kind of sad about that. I'm wondering if they'll bring if they'll try to find a way to it's it's it's, eh, you know, yeah. they, they kind I, of had a little I, something there. Um, yeah. With all the maybe, you know, flashes of now that he's, the episode. Yeah. Maybe now that he's Dexter again, yeah. uh, maybe we'll get I'm it. I'm hoping, yeah. So that'd be great. We, I, I was happy we at least got the blood theme in the closing credits because that was my ringtone on my phone for a long time. Love it. So that I was I was happy for that. But yeah, but that opening, he's taking off after the deer and he gets to it and kind of lifts up the, the gun with the scope. And you're like, oh, okay, he's, he's not killing people, but he's hunting animals now. Yeah. But then- you see, even then, he he won't kill it, and it's maybe a partially a way. I think this this deer stands for a number of different things. 
it's part of his routine. That's when he's talking with his consciousness as dead. Yep. And it's this routine, routine, routine. That's kind of, and I'm sure that's with <laughs> any kind of addiction, whether it's <laughs> drugs or serial killing, um, <laughs> is having a routine that you focus on and it keeps you grounded and keeps you where you're supposed to be. So he's focused on this routine and that so chasing down this deer and trying to kind of form this connection and bond with it has become part of his routine. Yeah. And I think maybe it started as partially it's kind of this way for him to feel like a hunter and get that kind of out. Mm -hmm. But then to prove to himself that he can suppress that part of his himself, that killer instinct and, and let it go at the final moment. Mm -hmm. And, and then it's also just him becoming somebody new. It's like a communing with nature in a way. And mm -hmm. so there's, I think there's a lot of layers to the reasoning for why he does this. I agree. Uh, yeah. <laughs> of course, I've, I've seen this issue on several different shows on several different networks. So maybe I, so I have just a question. Now. I was like, is just animating a CGI deer, like the hardest thing to do. It's apparently uh, the biggest struggle in CGI on right, TV today. I, have, I don't know if I've really seen any good CGI deer. I'm like, man, when it's just standing... walking dead is the biggest one to joke yeah. about. But even we covered sweet tooth not long ago and yeah, the deer pretty rough. Um, so it's, it's the movement. Yeah. I, I think, I think when they're standing still like looks great. You know, like, I mm -hmm. had a hard time realizing that, like, just when he's viewing it in the scope of his gun, that it was a CGI deer. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, of course, getting those those uh, flighty movements that deer have um, and how they move so quickly has got to just be something they can't quite nail down with CGI yet. Yeah. So, it's okay. It's okay. I, I was know. okay with it because I would rather <laughs> yeah. have a CGI deer and it look a little off than to be using, you know, I can't imagine trying to use real animals anyway to try to, you know, get them to do or move a certain way that you want them to. Or, I mean, you can't really train them. How in the world mm -hmm. would you find the time to shoot shoot them in enough sequences to get the movements that you wanted? Also, you don't want right. to harm the animal because I'm not for that. Um, so mm -hmm. I'll I'll deal with a with a you know yeah. a, a poorly done CGI deer than worrying about using a new one. So I'll let it pass. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So it's really the point. Yeah, is just kind of what that deer stands for, mm -hmm. and then at the end, which. You know, he goes chasing after it one last time and he actually gets close to it and is able to touch it in this like, you know, moment that he's been looking for. And I knew, I 100% knew, even before he put his gun down and walked up to the deer, like whenever he kind of first had it in the scope or whatever, before it like wanted to run and then stopped, I was like, Matt's going to shoot it. Oh, like I, fucker. Yeah. I just, I knew it was very telegraphed, which is a little disappointing, but also, I, I understand from a writing viewpoint, too. It's like you have to – Dexter needs that little push to finally decide, like, fuck it, this asshole needs to die. And it's it's needed that we need that final push. And so I think it's – especially when he's right there face-to-face -face with it. He's like – he's seen with Matt waving you know knives and guns around and just being reckless. Mm -hmm. It's like this guy is a danger to others. And – I mean, he, I, you know, Dexter's standing right there touching the deer when Matt shoots yep. it. But then also the symbolism of that is like, okay, this guy is, is bringing out the dark passenger that's within Dexter because this last little semblance, this thing that he was connecting to innocence with has been taken. 
And so it was like, well, Matt wants to take the innocence from me. I'll, I'll let him have it. Like, you know, I'll, hmm. if he wants, yeah. if he wants to, to revert to something, you know, I'll, I'll show him, you know, killer instinct. I'll show him, you know, that innocence can't live. If he, that's what he believes, then okay. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> order up. You know? <laughs> to- totally agree. Uh, I- I'm glad this is one of your points. It was, it's one of mine too. So I'll just switch my numbers okay. and just join in, in what you're saying. Um, for and I'm going to talk about I, what I feel like the 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 deer represented, um, but I'm like you. I like I liked where they start where how that this is how they started it because it was almost like oh, is Dexter chasing someone to kill them you know or right. you know and um, but oh no it's it's a white deer <laughs> and which is beautiful um, rare and Dexter doesn't kill it and yeah. and at first you. Th- for me, anyway, at first I thought, well, why doesn't he kill it? Would that not satisfy his urge to kill? We know from past history and what Dexter says himself, he's got a very strong urge and hard to suppress, right? Um, when he would try to suppress it before in his past life, it always came back. Um, so you're thinking, well, why wouldn't he kill it? It would sat- it would help satisfy a deer, it wouldn't be or satisfy his urge to kill. It wouldn't be a human, but you know. But then. Then I think it made sense that he didn't, because killing an animal would be just be a gateway to killing humans, and we know that's mm-hmm. how he started when he was young, right? When, yeah, you know, he he would he would kill animals when he was like a teenager and stuff. That's how uh, his his father Harry found out like who he was, and yeah, and then we see Dexter confront the deer again, um, you know, later on at the end, um, and. It was such a moment to see him stop in front of the deer, and I'm like, wow, the Bay Harbor Butcher walks up to this <laughs> rare creature uh, to pet him, and, and to me, it shows truly how Dexter has changed. Yeah. And this moment between Dexter and, and this white stag, when he's looking at it and he's slowly walking up to it, approaching it, he kneels down in front of it, kind of puts his head down. And then they look at each other, and there's, like, this knowing and this moment of peace and recognition of each other as, like, minded souls. And to me, this shows how Dexter is more human than what he ever was before. It rep- And this white stag, I think, represents a new start for him and that he can now see how precious life is and how he can also now control himself. Um, yeah. The white deer... I think is essentially an extension, like you were saying, um, it's an extension of Dexter's own change in his life now, who he is now, and it, his aversion to hunting people. And if he yeah. had killed the deer, he would be reverting back to his old ways and killing that positive evolution that's allowed him to suppress his dark passenger. So yeah. when this asshole Matt, Jesus Christ, killed this magnificent <laughs> creature and you could just see that change in Dexter in that moment. Yeah. Like, I did you see it? Did you? I recognized it. It was like this immediate oh, shift, yeah. and his his urge that he had been re- repressing for so long to kill people died with that stag. Mm-hmm. And like he hasn't wanted to kill in ten years, but as soon as that blood splattered on his face, symbolically, that killed the innocence Dexter had developed and woke up his serial killer identity. Yeah. After after all these years. Um for sure. So that's that's what it was was for me. Um and I thought it was interesting. I looked it up. 
Um, I've never seen one, of course, but um, I, I looked it up because I thought, well, I know it's a rare creature, right? Um, anytime you see a white deer uh, like that, it's it's pretty rare. But I wanted to look it up um, because of the symbolism I felt that it represented in the show. Um, the white stag is of significant choice because the animal it does hold several symbolic meanings for various cultures, many of which... Um, you know, I you know I think that we see here in this first episode in Arthur, Arthurian legends, the white stag is known for having an enduring ability to evade capture, hmm, like someone we know. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then the white stag is also so- associated with purity, innocence, and being a taboo creature to hunt. So, interesting choice of animal that they used. Uh, yeah. You know, symbolically in this episode. So I'm I'm right on board with you. That's what it meant to me. Um and uh I yeah, I definitely awoke something here um and what that deer meant to him um in this episode. That's great. Yep. Uh well I'm I'll just take that as my number five as well. Um okay. I'm just gonna move numbers around. It doesn't really matter to me. I'm just I'm happy yeah. to be talking about all of this. <laughs> So yes. <laughs> numbers don't matter to me today. Um, what is your number four? All right. Number four. Uh, here's where I can talk about what I hated the most about that ending uh, that we got in season eight. <laughs> Let's hear it. And how I'm hoping that this does uh, fix maybe my biggest hang okay. And so my number four, of course, is Harrison. Mm, okay. Uh, you know, where we have Harrison has tracked down Dexter. He's looking for his father. Yeah. Um, we don't know. Still, what's happened with with Hannah McKay and what, you know, because last we saw Harrison, he was a tiny little child with her in Argentina. So mm-hmm. who knows, you know, what has gone on in these past 10 or so years, whatever, which is another kind of question. I'm like, what is the time frame exactly? Because we know Deb said it's been 10, 10 years. years since you killed. But I'm like, what's, you know, timing wise, is it supposed to be like kind of real time where it's been eight years Kind of like how when the show ended, or yeah, I don't know. Uh, because you know, how old is Harrison supposed to be? Was kind of my question. Right, I think he, right now he was no older. He was like four to six. I think at the end of season eight here in New Blood, I think I read he's supposed to be seventeen. So then, this would have to take place in like twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four, something like that. Mm-hmm. This is has to go a little bit further ahead than where we are with the actual time frame. Maybe we're not supposed to because think if you about look at it too hard, I'm guessing. Yeah, I get, I know, and it's, that's one thing is like it's probably not even that big of a deal at all. But I tend to get hung up on I these know, things a little I do bit, too. so I had to, I had to because I was like, okay, he was four to six, like no older than six yeah, at all. He was little in season eight. And then so I was like, so if it was the full 10 years, then he would be, you know, 15 or 16, which kind of makes sense, 14 into 16. But then I was like, but she said almost 10 years, which could be like seven to nine years. So I was like, he should be between the ages like of 11 and 15. Well, and if, it's, like, if ah. it's 10 years after the finale, like we don't know how much time passed from the time Dexter left Harrison, and then we saw him in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Like, could right. there have been a little bit of a time jump between, possibly, you know, that time yeah. when he left to when we saw him in Oregon? To was it maybe ten years at that moment? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe a little time had passed. 
there. I'm, I'm wondering anyway. I don't know. I'm just, I'm guessing. Yeah. Trying to, trying to fill is, in the blanks like, a little bit. <laughs> the little thing that I kind of get hung up on is like, Harrison seems just a little older than he should be. Yeah, that I did. But I'm going to try not to get too hung up on Maybe that. we'll get some more <laughs> as we go. Maybe we'll get more as we go. Yeah. We'll get some more answers to that timeline. Yeah. But with what I was talking about, with the way that uh, we left little four to six-year-old Harrison, mm-hmm. is that the biggest problem that I had with the finale of Dexter, the original finale? At least now we're getting more, mm-hmm. so that's great. But when people, you know, complain about the ending, which I do too, my biggest complaint on it and why I'm always like, this is why it will forever frustrate me and make me angry. It's like, yes, I understand Dexter is supposed to be the anti-hero and he's not supposed to be a good guy that you root for. He is a serial killer. Yeah who is a sociopath through and through. And so you're not supposed to root for him, but you see with his relationship with Rita, with his relationship with Lumen, with his relationship with Hannah as just messed up and like toxic as that is Mm -hmm. toxic. I didn't even mean that as a pun, the poisoner. (laughs) Um, But, uh, (laughs) but like you see, he's like building this kind of family ideal. Mm Mm-hmm. And what it's, you know, what he could have family-wise. And then for him to make the choice to abandon Harrison. This young boy that, like, had put so much into him or whatever. And for him to be like, you know, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll meet you guys there. And then choose. Actually, I'm just going to fake my death and go off and be on my own and leave my toddler son with a serial killer who... Poisons people for little to no reason. Mm-hmm. He's definitely not a safe person to be with. And he's like, I'm just going to, you know, because you get these eight seasons of like hoping he's going to be a better person. Yeah. And trying to see growth in him. And so for them to just like pull it out and be like, oh, and then he abandons his young son. The end. Have fun. Bye. <laughs> like it just, it pissed me off so yeah. much and it still does. And so I like with Harrison coming here now to New York. To find him and you know first he pushes him away and you know for reason we have deb's reasoning and you know his conscious but i mean it's not deb it's his consciousness right, in her form right. so it's going to be the things that he's thinking and so i'm like ah, oh, don't do this to me he's like you better fix this problem like the relationship with harrison is what makes me the most upset so then i'm glad that he decides to go after him like definitely risky uh, there's a lot of mess that's going to come with it. Like, yeah, because you think like, okay, cool. You've you you've taken your son back home. You're going to reconnect with your son. That's the biggest problem that I had. But now you have to explain to him in some way why all of a sudden, no, you have to call me Jim Lindsay, and nobody can know my real name, and nobody can know any of my past, and nobody, like, it's going to be an awkward conversation for sure. Yeah, because um... <laughs> I don't think Harrison knows anything about. His father's true. I mean, I don't know. Again, he's spent these past 10-ish whatever years with Hannah. Who knows what she's told him because she knew everything about Dexter. Right. So it'll be interesting to see what does Harrison know? Why is he tracking down his father? And what is their reconnection going to look like? I Right. I'm, I'm ready for some answers too. Uh, like what, what's happened in the time that we left Harrison with Hannah. What happened with Hannah? Why, why did Harrison come looking for Dexter now? Uh, how did he find him? How did he, you know, I mean, yeah. because 
you know, Dexter is anything but dumb and he's extremely careful. Uh, I can't imagine the steps he's taken to hide his identity uh, and go to the lengths that he did. Uh, I mean, he faked his own death, right? But so what was it that led Harrison? How how did he even find him? So I'm, I'm hoping that we get some answers to those questions. Um, and I think it's really interesting. And I think it's a way of coming full circle here that after this time, Harrison's back in his life. I mean, we know very clearly when you go back and rewatch and you see, you know, when uh, Rita becomes pregnant and how um, nervous Dexter is to like be a father. He's like, I'm a serial killer. I am not you know, I, I should not be raising children, right? I mean, it's I'm been, good at taking lives yeah. out of this world, not bringing them in. And yeah, raising he clearly them. has yeah. reservations about this whole thing, you know. But you know, like you said, he does get to this place where he 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 does realize that he he has like true feelings for Rita, not just a cover. Like, oh, nobody would suspect, you know, uh, me. I'm just a normal guy with a sweet girlfriend, and I, it's a good cover and. But he does have feelings for her. He does love her and and her her kids, uh, Aster and Cody. And he it becomes excited to then become a father, uh, and and you definitely see that. So it's hard to reconcile that with him leaving Harrison behind. But I mean, I think it's a good reminder, and that's what Deb does in this episode as a reminder that everyone you know in your life gets killed. In, in you know it's it's some something always happens because of who you are that brings harm to the people in your life and she reminds him yeah. you know dokes laguerta um her um and oh who else did she name rita rita oh rita of course well. how could i forget rita you yeah. know all, all these people based on the choices that dexter made in his life brought harm to people that he cared about now maybe dokes maybe he didn't <laughs> Yeah, so I, I have a note about that. Maybe that I was wasn't like, someone he quite cared about. That was a very contentious yeah. relationship between him and Dokes. Although it was funny, though. I mean, sometimes those one-liners um, from Dokes was funny, mm-hmm. like back in season one. Um, oh, gosh, what was it? Um, what's, he say, what's he say? What's up, motherfucker? Uh, or some, Surprise, surprise, motherfucker. motherfucker. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Good, one, a great yeah. gif, yeah. Um, you are a creep motherfucker. Yeah, so... You know, watching that contentious relationship, I'm sure no love lost there um, with what happened. And I think even Dexter was kind of um, not remorseful, I would say, but a little regretful about how Dokes met his end. But it was ultimately because of Dexter that Dokes ended up dead. So just, you know, I think that it was, you know, leaving Harrison was his way of protecting him, which I thought was a, a, I mean, you don't want to think of that as you know, oh, well, he went off and left his son. What a piece of shit. But it was kind of, I think, a little noble. I'm just going to play devil's advocate um, a little bit with it because um, it, it shows shows how, how far Dexter had come from when we met him to where he was at the end and how much he had evolved. Um, and I'm going to talk about this as one of my points um, about some of the changes uh, that he 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 had changed and evolved enough to care enough about Harrison to leave him. So no harm came to him. Although, like you said, the, the his choice of who he left him with, you could kind of question, but, um, yeah. Cause it makes me think of, it was funny kind of going over those recap videos and stuff. One of the things that was pointed out is the last, like one of the last lines of, if not the last line, cause I don't know if we really hear anything from Dexter 
in season eight, like in the finale, is when you have Hannah and little Harrison, and she turns to him and goes, uh, "Do you want to get some ice cream?" And I was like, "Yeah, kid, go with the lady that poisons food. You get dessert. That's great, great idea." Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely a questionable choice with Hannah, but. You know, and I need to go, I have, I need to look more into that and just kind of maybe kind of see Dexter's reasoning. And maybe we'll get some of that too, as he's, you know, because I feel like Harrison's probably going to question him about that, right? Why did you leave me? Why'd you leave me with Hannah? Or why her? You know, and he's going to ask questions whether or not Dexter yeah. answers those, uh, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see. But I think there's going to be a lot of questions. Um and I actually have Harrison's actually one of my points too, um, so I'm, I'm curious to see what happens from here now that Dexter has revealed himself. Which I love that scene between them there at yeah. the end uh, when he's like, "Yep, I'm Dexter Morgan," uh, and you know he admits to him that he's his father, and you know we get his his monologue um, and his inner uh, narration that I always loved, 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 loved from the original series uh, that he wants to be there now to show Harrison his way in the world like Harry did for him. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. I, I have, it's, it's early. We have many mm-hmm. more episodes to go. We're only in the first episode, but I've got a bit of a prediction of how this um, season might end. And Interesting. yeah, I don't know if I want to talk about it or not yet. It feels like, cause <laughs> what if it's true? Could it be, I don't know any spoilers. There's really they're they're keeping a tight lid on the story, basically for this uh, season. So I don't know anything. Uh, I don't know what happens after here. I have no knowledge, and I don't seek spoilers. I wouldn't want to be spoiled spoiled if they were out there. Right. But I, I I almost wish I don't know. I don't know if it's right or not, and I don't know if I feel good about putting it out there or not. But I have a prediction. Like, write it like write it on a piece of paper, and then just put it somewhere. And then when we get to the end, you can just like reveal it to me. <laughs> be like, look at what I wrote. Yeah, I- <laughs> maybe I'll do that. I'll write it down. I was nowhere near it. Or like, I nailed it. Yeah, um, I don't know if I want to put it out there into the world or not. But I feel like I will tell you <laughs> this and and why I feel the way I do about my prediction and how it. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling strong about it. And I could totally be wrong. God, I've been wrong so many times. Um, I feel like the title of the show gives a clue. And that's all I'll say. I'm going to leave it out there. I see where you're going with that. I will write this down, though, and I will share it with you uh, just as, like, <laughs> proof of here it was. And then we'll see if, if, I'm, if I'm right. But I don't want to put it out there just yet um, until we get uh-huh. some more information. But anyway. Um, well, again, I'll rearrange mine a little bit to, to match up with yours because um, Harrison was one of my points, too. Did you have anything else you want to say about Harrison before we move on? Uh, not really, other than just because you brought up the, you know, De- the consciousness version of Deb talking about that, you know, everyone we love, you know, everyone, you know, close to you dies, mm-hmm. which is a great point, tremendous point, yeah. for sure. Uh, great argument, especially with Rita and herself. But yeah, I did think it was kind of funny that she mentioned Dokes and Laguerta as those names, because I was like, you could have said like so many other names. Uh, so many. I mean, even, even Miguel Prado, Prado. because like that mm-hmm. was... That was something that Dexter like had to do, but f- regret like not really friend. regretted, but felt bad. You know, that was somebody he was yeah. close to. But I was like, but you know, <laughs> Dokes, Dokes and Laguerta. I was like, because they both 
both of them had figured out Dexter's secret mm-hmm. and then were like bearing down on him. And so I'm sure he doesn't sorely miss either one of them. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, I think he probably had more respect for LaGuardia than what he did for Dokes. Uh, right. Gosh. But although they did, you know, there at the end, him and Dokes did kind of come to a little bit, not, not an understanding, but there was like a, like, we see, I, I see you kind of thing yeah you know when he had him kept prisoner there at the end um before he died and you know they 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 dexter realized that i don't you know he didn't really seem to want to kill him he wasn't he was just because it's like why wouldn't he just do it right i mean dexter that's what he does but of course he didn't meet the code so there was a struggle dokes found out who he was but dokes didn't meet the uh, guidelines of his code of people right. that he could kill. So what's he supposed to do with him? Right. And so exactly. that's why he was kind of hanging on to him, but he didn't want to kill him. You know, he, it's like, he didn't just let himself go there um, when he could have. Um, yeah. So they kind of came to uh, almost like an understanding there t- towards the end, even mm-hmm. though there was, you know, Dokes was still clear on his path. Like, you're going down, Dexter, one way or another. And Dexter was very much yeah. like, I don't think so. I'm not going to let you take me down. Mm-hmm. So they were definitely at a standoff, but there was a a, a a weird sort of understanding, I thought, between them. But definitely no yeah. love lost. Yeah, but it, it's, it's weird to get, yeah to count Dokes in as some people who were close yeah, to Yeah, it was weird when I heard that. I was like, wait but, a minute, did she just say Dokes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's, it's Deb saying this, but it's, Dexter's consciousness. Right, right, so I'm right, thinking right. of it that way. And I was like, so is it kind of weird for Dexter to conjure up Dokes and LaGuardia in that? Well, in that for himself. And I think he kind of felt and bad then, about it because Dokes, he felt like Dokes didn't deserve it. Even though Dokes found him out and even though Dokes yeah. was definitely out for his ass, he he's like, Dokes didn't deserve to die. He, he, he had a, a specific definition of people who deserve to die and Dokes didn't deserve it. Now, he may not have felt remorse or guilt about it. He in his own way kind of felt bad because he didn't deserve it. So yeah, that's good. And then, yeah, then the other half was the Hannah thing, which with Deb saying like, he's safer with Hannah. And I was like, okay, with that one, it makes <laughs> sense now that it's Dexter's consciousness. Cause Dexter had a blind spot for Hannah. Sure did. Through and through. He sure did. To where anything like he was, he just was infatuated with her no matter what she did. But so I was like, that one makes more sense because it's Dexter's consciousness. Cause I was like, but it is sound, it does sound weird coming from Deb. Cause it's like, Deb saying, you know, he's safer with Hannah. It's like, oh, you mean the lady who poisoned you and tried to kill you for just, like, basically no reason. <laughs> that that Hannah, is he safer with? Yeah. like <laughs> Right. I agree. Um, okay. That's that's great. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about that before we move on? Uh, I think that is it. Okay. Excellent. Well, what is your, like I said, I'm going to include that as my number four as well. Um, Cause I'm just going to move it around. No, no reason to come back to it later. Let's just talk about it while we're talking know. about it. I feel like I'm just going to steal all of them and we'll just go we'll, tandem. We'll see through here. It. It's, it's totally fine because you know what? We've got notes. Yeah. We've got plenty to talk about uh, and I'm not mad about it. I'm just happy to be talking about Dexter. I don't care. Um, what's yeah. your number three? My number three. I feel like I'm back in like a, <laughs> midnight mass with the way that I because like it's like here's my here's my point where I just get to like dog on someone okay Matt fucking Caldwell oh um, my god <laughs> right uh Matthew Caldwell garbage person nice to meet you mm. um 
I mean, like, first off, like, the first thing we see of him, I mean, he just comes waltzing into the store where Dexter's working, and he's asking, I want the biggest knife and the best gun and this, and he's waving the knife around in front of Dexter and messing with his friend, like, putting it up to his neck later and stuff. I'm like, safety, asshole. Like, what? Don't be an idiot. What are you doing? Like, I feel like if I was Dexter in that moment, I would just, like, not as a serial killer, but, like, a person running a, like, or, you know, an employee of this store. Safety first, man. Kick the... You kick the guy out immediately and go, that's not how we behave ourselves in a gun and ammo store. Leave. Yeah. You you, you will not do business here. Bye. Like, that's kind of... And of course, it wouldn't have worked if he did go that route because Matthew Caldwell is the rich, spoiled, entitled shit with his little league team mm-hmm. picture on the wall with and his don't-you-know-who-my-daddy-is complex. Yes, douchebag. You know, that's that's this character. You know, the, the, the line that <laughs> summed it up in that scene where he goes, you know, are you sure? That's going to set you back $9,000. I got a nice Christmas bonus at Morgan Stanley. Gag. Gag me now. <laughs> I can't. No, like, <laughs> it's, yeah, that, picks, that paints the picture of who he is. I was like, ugh. And then the relief I would feel the second he left that store. I know. God, I hate you. Um. (laughs) I know. This dude. I mean, he just, ick factor. Uh, You know, total stereotypical douchebag Wall Street guy, you know, is is the vibes I got. Yeah. Didn't like him. Yeah. And he's got a reputation because I love after that when Dexter goes into the police station and Esther immediately referred, you know, because he's like, oh, I, I heard that, you know, he came up, you know, flagged from the FBI and then she calls him Caldwell the Lesser. And I was like, so spot on. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Which is great. But then, you know, we get these little interactions between Dexter and Matt throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. And Matt is just so bothered by Dexter abiding by the yeah. law, abiding by not the rules, what... not giving him special exactly. treatment, not, not worshipping at his feet because he is the Matthew Caldwell. Mm-hmm. The fact that Dexter is so just like snappy and snarky with him and doesn't care who oh he God, is. I love it so much. Pisses him off. Yeah. Like <laughs> he's so he's a self-absorbed so child. Entitled. Yeah. And and so he does he just he makes me angry with this disregard because finally his his thing clears. Poor Dexter has to run this gun to his house during the party. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he walks in on him having sex with some girl, and then he's just like, why am I doing this? Like, why do I have to deal with this person? Mm -hmm. And then when he finally does, he goes in there. He's not listening to him. You know, he's got to – Dexter's got this – he's got a new code that he's having to abide by, which is the law, strangely. Yeah, exactly And he's like, no, I'm going to do things by the letter here. And so he's like, the owner of this gun can't operate it while intoxicated. He's like, ah, we're past that point. It's too late for that. And he's just having to put up with him. And then he points the gun at Dexter – and I'm like, you don't, you don't do don't that. Don't do that. <laughs> it's like, I, I took hunter safety man. courses and stuff as a kid. I live in the South. I'm in Texas. I know how all that works. You know, you don't point a gun at anyone. Ever. ever period. Ever. Unless you are planning to use it for a good reason. E- you exactly. don't. And so <laughs> this is just like frustrating. Of course, then we get that moment where he hits him with the butt of the gun. I knew immediately it was like a fantasy because I was like, we got to wait a little bit. But it's like. But yeah. it's what yeah, he, he deserved wanted. for mm, having right. pointed a gun. I mean, I guarantee you, if you'd done that in my family, you probably would get bopped in the face like that for having right. done that. Because I'm like you. I was raised with guns. Um, I'm yeah. uh, 
redneck family here. Um, I grew up yeah. in, grew up in the holler, man, and I'm no stranger to guns and gun safety. And if if that had happened, you would have gotten knocked on the nose like that, <laughs> no doubt. So oh, yeah. he deserved that, even though it didn't happen. Oh yeah, growing up with guns in the house everywhere, and if me or one of my brothers stepped out of line and did not treat them with the utmost respect for what they are. You bet that we got a uh, very stern talking to plus. Oh one. yeah, um, like, it would be acceptable today, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> so it just it just paints the picture of who this mm-hmm. guy is, and yeah. So this is like just my point of I was like, let me just take one of my top five just to be like, fuck Matt Caldwell. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this dude is the worst. Uh, Definitely entitled. He he thinks everyone should just, you know, he's used to getting his way, right? His daddy mm-hmm. is a, you know, big name in town. Everyone respects his dad. He's like, everybody, anybody would do anything for my dad. Uh, he's not, I'm sure often, Matt anyway, is not often told the word no. Um, right. And like you said, doesn't take kindly to Dexter upholding the gun law rules and even tries to manipulate Dexter um, w- by inviting him to his party uh, when they're out at the bar mm-hmm. that night uh, because he's like, Hey, come to my party, you know, have a good time. And he's like, maybe you can, you know, bring, bring the gun with you. And he's like, well, you, you pass, pass that, you know, uh, um, that hold and you can come pick it up. And he, you can see that look on Matt's face, like, <sighs> you know, cause mm-hmm. he didn't, fall for it he thought that by inviting him into his inner circle and oh you can come hang out with me and my friends you know that dexter would be like oh yeah sure i'll let this slide for you but no he doesn't um and then he ends up inviting him anyway which of course you know dexter's not going to be interested in at at all um (laughs) so i mean obviously you know there's going to be some consequences you know for uh you know dexter doing what he what he did um and it's not going to go unnoticed uh, his his presence anyway, you know. I think there are some. Huh. Yeah, people will notice that Matt Caldwell's exactly. Not there. <laughs> it's it's you know some people that Dexter had a suspicion. Does it seem quiet and less douchey in here? Right, something's exactly. wrong. Um. <laughs> but I mean, this guy is a piece of shit. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I've got more to say about that. But I mean, obviously, there's going to be some consequences, and I and I worry for Dexter. Uh, for for taking the actions that he did, because yeah, he's it's not like he's a nobody in town. Uh, it, it, it's going to go, uh, you know. There's going to be some attention to this, and I think that that oh, yeah. is the last thing Dexter needs, right? Is attention. Right. Uh, that's what he has always done: was try to just blend, wear his mask for the people in his life and out in society. That he's just a mild man or blood spatter guy right and now trying to live his quiet life in this small town he doesn't need attention brought to him and um so i don't know i i, I don't know it'll be interesting wow that's a good one um all right well let me just jump into something that we haven't yet covered yet because Matt's kind of one of my points, too, but it's something a little bit of a different direction. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, how they've decided to open this series. And, and I'm calling this Meet Jim Lindsay. So nice. I, I love how they've 
started this new season of setting the stage. Uh, we get this opener with Dexter or Jim's routine and how much it differs from his routine when he was in, in Miami, right? Um, mm-hmm. He's in a small town, very different from Miami, very large hustle, hustling town, right? It, it's, it's bright. Yeah. It's warm for starters. <laughs> it's a lot warmer um, and colorful. Uh, this small town is a lot different. It's small. He does blend in. He works for a popular store in town. He brings pastries to work for his boss. He's dating the chief of police, which, hello, I'm thinking either super risky or super smart. Right. Right. I'm thinking either way, but I'm thinking. I I think that's, yeah, as a blood splatter analysis person, I mean, staying close to law enforcement is, I guess, a good idea for a serial killer because you're less likely to be suspected. Right. But it does come with its own risks for sure. Exactly. Which I'm sure he he has thought very carefully about before he became involved with her. Uh, so I'm going to go with, I think smart with risk uh, that he's, I'm, yeah. I'm sure taken into consideration um, for this decision, because like you said, and this um, goes into my, my point too, if he's close to the police, then he can be in the know, right? If his identity yep. becomes compromised or questioned at all, like he's going to, hopefully hear hear about it first he he knows everybody i mean it's a small town so there's not very many cops on the force so he's friends with all of them he's good friends um oh what's her name is it esther sorry um yeah mm-hmm. and then of course dating the chief herself um but also i think it's also uh in his best interest because he can also influence her off of his trail should yeah his should anything about him be questioned he can kind of manipulate the situation he can kind of manipulate her tell her what he needs to to steer her in a different direction very similar to the way that he would when he was in miami metro uh because yeah he 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 would do that right um oh yeah he fudged those blood reports and stuff so many times he sure did (laughs) sure did um and then he's line dancing who I mean, when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, I'm watching Dexter Morgan line dance, you know? I have a note just like that, too. I said, Dexter line dancing. All right. I was like, I (laughs) didn't expect that. Never would have thought that I would have seen that ever. Um, But it was just interesting to see he's still kind of wearing that mask, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Even as as, um, Jim Jim Lindsay. But I, I like how they set the stage for us. I like how they started out, you know, that and 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 this was like a... um, it wasn't as fast paced as seasons one through eight, and that's okay. Uh, this is something new that they're doing, and Dexter's a little bit of a different character. He's not the same person exactly that we left um, all those years ago. Um, but I like I like the stark differences. I like how okay, here's where we are. Now we're ready to jump into the story, you know, because they certainly left with quite a banger of an ending there with what happened uh, with him and Matt and then bringing Harrison into his home and raising so many questions about where we go from here and what mm-hmm. what this is going to mean for, for what he's done. Um, but it was nice to kind of see this, like, here's who he is today. And, and this is kind of what he's been up to for the last couple of years. And it was interesting to learn um, he, you know, because Matt's like, well, how long you been here? And he's like, well, a couple of years. Um, so we know there's been like 10 years. How long has he been there? And what's he been doing since? I don't yeah. know if we'll find out any of that or not. Maybe we will as he talks with Harrison. We'll, we'll see how much he's willing to confess to Harrison, um, you know, mm-hmm. as, as we 
as we go on. But anyway, I, I, I love this whole introduction into this, you know, uh, Dexter's new alter ego here or alter um, identity, if you will. Yeah. Um, gosh, I've, I've lost track of our numbers. Is it number two? Yeah. Okay, let's, let's do your number two. Which is the same thing. It's funny, even the title of it is Jim Lindsay. Oh. <laughs> uh, so it's perfect. So I can just kind of yeah. add on. Uh, so again, we got some teases of his old mm-hmm. self. Again, you know, he's sharpening the knives. And you're like, ooh, what's he planning to do? And then you see him like, you know, they're in the car and then he gets pulled over. Which, of course, is pulled over is the, you know, fun uh, role play that him and his girlfriend do. Which... Was pretty. They both committed to the bit pretty sure strong did. Um, at they first because like, he built that tension. Uh, it's a little cheesy. I'll allow it. It's, it's cute. cute. So, um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, him sharpening these knives, and then you see him kind of going into town with them, and he turns the corner, and you see this blood and chopping flesh, and it's like, and he pulls out the knife, and you're like, oh, has he been targeting some guy? And it's like, oh no, it's just his friend that he sharpened his butcher's tools for him because he's a nice guy. Like it's these little like you know, misleading things where you're like, oh, it's, it's fun. And then yes. you get introduced to, to, to Jim Lindsay. Everybody's like, Hey Jim. Hey Jimmy, Jimmy, you I know, know. And it's, everybody in town knows him. Yep. It's, it's funny. And you do notice throughout this, but really the whole episode up until near the end, you mentioned, you love that, that inner monologue, that voiceover, not here for most of this episode. I know, such a Because change. it is, it's, it's Jim right. Lindsay. We don't get that, that voice until, and we talked about it with the the deer point. After Matt kills the deer, and then he knocks Matt out with that gun, butt of the gun, and then it's been a long time. It's the first <sighs> time you hear that voiceover. I, know, I got chills. And, it looks so freaking good. <laughs> know, right? Oh my god, I loved it so much. Because that's when it has flipped, and the dark passenger has yes. returned. That's just like I, I love that. But uh, <laughs> and that that exactly goes up to I think with what we were saying as far as what that meant for Dexter when he killed that white stag and what that represented you know, mm-hmm. in Dexter was like who he has been or at least been trying to be all of these years. And then when that white stag was killed, that killed that side of Dexter where yeah. it, like killed Jim Lindsay woke up Dexter, the serial killer, because like you said, yeah. then, and if you didn't know it by his face and of course by his actions that he took, it was when the return of that inner monologue Yes. When he says it's good to be back, I love it. Oh my god, it was so freaking good. <laughs> yeah, but but it was interesting to see, you know, because at first we said, "Oh, it's kind of weird," but not really. I mean, yeah, you know, he's being friendly. Everybody knows him. There's like high schoolers knowing him by name. Well, by his alias, by Jim. Right, Lindsay. right. You know, but hey, Jim, are you coming to the match this weekend? Oh yeah, I'll, I'll try. You know, and you're thinking like, well, he's on this like first name basis with like teenagers and the pastor and all these mm-hmm. people but i mean it's it's not necessarily that weird because we see you know we talked about it in miami metro that was his whole plan is he was the donut guy who'd show up and small talk everybody how's your wife how are your kids what's going on and that's kind of that mask he wears like you were mm-hmm. talking about and so it's a small town so instead of just being able to smooth over with the people in the police station he kind of has to do it for everybody in the entire exactly. town exactly yeah and and so that's what he does. And with this small of a town, there's he can't blend in as I mean he blends in, but he can't hide behind things. He can't go unnoticed, which I think is on purpose. I think it's why he moved to this mm-hmm. place. Is it's another one of those steps of suppressing and not being who he used to be 
this location, you know, again, to kind of make that, you know, addiction metaphor, this location forces him to stay clean. Right. And yeah, it doesn't work as we see, but, but he works, he's still the donut guy, you know, has he handed out the donuts at, at, at Miami mm-hmm. Metro. Now he's grabbing baked goods for his boss at the fish and game. Like, you know, making small talk with that boss. Like I say, where he, those little mm-hmm. things. This time it's about his boss and his husband adopting a dog. Like, he's fit this role again, yeah. even to the point of line dancing, like you said. And a whole different <laughs> level than what we'd seen before, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but there's like these little lines. And uh, I think my favorite, one of my favorite things, I don't know why, it just cracked me up so much. But his, my tuna sandwich is in there. <laughs> I, <laughs> when the, it's the his routine. oil big wig. It's his routine. Yeah, it's part yes. of that routine where the, this oil big rig has come in and he's holding his board meeting in the tavern where he goes for lunch every day. He's like, oh, sorry, they're not letting anybody in. He's bought out the whole place for this board meeting. He's like, my tuna sandwich is in there. I, I love that. And then it makes it a little awkward because then uh, Audrey, which is Angela's mm-hmm. daughter, he then says to her, he's like, well, I know that someone isn't getting their tuna sandwich anytime soon. And they just look at him like, what is with you and this tuna sandwich thing? Like, I don't like. <laughs> Must be a damn good and tuna sandwich I do, is all I can think. Right. But that little, when he says it to Audrey and like the look she gives him, I read into it a little bit. I feel like that was a honest attempt at him to connect with her a little bit. Because I'm wondering, this is just all like reading between the lines and it will get it. We'll see eventually, maybe. But I wonder if maybe she's not exactly sold on mom's new boyfriend yet. Mm. Like, and so, you know, maybe there's a little tension between, like, them. And so maybe it's Dexter's way of, like, hey, let me crack a joke about the tuna sandwich with with the daughter and see what she Mm -hmm. thinks. You know, and she's like, nope, still don't like you, dude. Like, I don't know. I'm just reading into it. But but, but I wonder. So, yeah. We're left with the biggest mystery question of all time at this point is... Did he get that tuna sandwich? I really want to be like, get his tuna sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So good. Well, he he's very dependent on his routine, not just now, but he, he always kind of mm-hmm. was, right? I mean, Dexter, that's just who Dexter is. Um, you know, he always had his routine that kind of helped him in his previous life, too. And I think sticking yeah. with that helps him here and just in a different way. Um, yeah. I like it. I like it. Well... That kind of helps lead me into my number two, uh, and that's uh, the differences so far between season one uh, through eight and New Blood. Uh, So a couple things that I want to talk about um, that we've kind of touched on, but to talk about in in greater detail. So far, uh, one difference, the tone. Uh, New Blood, uh, I think, for me anyway, others might disagree, uh, seems more inviting and a little less brutal than before, than um, what we've seen before in the previous seasons. The show still has dark undertones, don't get me wrong. But Dexter seems more human now than what he did before. And we've talked about this. We've already kind of covered that. And he seems at ease with life. His anxiety, I think, has lowered. Because he's not having to keep his dark passenger happy or keep from getting caught all the time. It's a slower pace, right? Because it felt like, I mean, just going back and rewatching, I mean, there are, it's just like, it's it's fast paced and it's tense a lot. There's always Dexter's out hunting and stalking his victim. Um, he's trying to not get caught, um, you know, trying to 
keep his dark passenger happy by finding a, you know, a, a new way to satisfy it. Um, so here we're kind of a little bit more laid back. So there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, another, it's colder <laughs> in more ways than one. <laughs> uh, Iron Lake, it's stark. It's isolated. Uh, I think I read there's mm-hmm. fewer than like 3,000 people in this small town. I'm very familiar with that number. Uh, that it's, it's pretty close to kind of where I'm at. Very small town. Mm-hmm. But a good place for Dexter to kind of settle and distance himself from that chaotic, chaotic life that he had in Miami. In Miami, he had more places to hide. Perfect place for a serial killer to blend in, right? In Miami, the fast-paced life, really big city, mm-hmm. um, a lot going on. But in Iron Lake, he can truly be alone. He can be himself. He has his cabin that's also isolated. It's out of town. He's Mm -hmm. got a lot of land that he can hunt. He can go hiking. He can garden without anyone bothering him. Uh, Where Miami, on the other hand, is a little bit more suffocating. Uh, He can choose when to be social. Like he has to go out of his way to drive into town and become Jim Lindsay, right? In front of everyone like you were talking about. Um, But at home... It's just him and Deb, who he gets to pretend is like still alive. Um, another difference, the humor. Now, I'm just going off of this first episode, so may- maybe this will, will change, but just going off of the first episode, the humor. The, uh, it's a little lacking so far from what I've seen. Not that I'm mad about it or anything, but it's, there's a difference. But yeah. one thing that I did always love, and I just we just talked about it was Dexter's inner monologue that we alone as viewers were privy to. I loved Dexter's dark humor about the situations that he would find himself in or his commentary during the show, you know, just one of my favorite parts. Um, And I'm guessing part of that is to the, the reasoning behind that. I think um, the, you know, a little bit of the lack of the humor I think is to help drive the characters and their narratives so we care about them. It's like they're trying to establish, I think, this this season as a drama first. So I think that's at least the reason for the first episode. Yeah. Maybe that will change as it goes on, but I think that we're that that's what they're trying to accomplish. Um, yeah. One other difference, uh, Dexter's humanity is very present in this new season in New Blood. Uh, during the series, we often witnessed how much Dexter struggled to act and feel more human, how he was trying to control the monster that he always thought himself to be. Uh, It was always like he couldn't enjoy relationships with others and just accepted that he would have to fake it for the rest of his life. Um, But by the end of the series, and I think, again, what we were talking about earlier, one reason that he left was because he did feel remorse and guilt about his choices and how they led to Deb's death and ultimately could potentially affect Harrison one day. So to me, that was more human of what Dexter did than staying in his life because he did care about Harrison and he did grow to care about people. Um, And he was, I think, starting to evolve by the end there. Um, And then we get to see here in New Blood, I think, where he kind of like kind of finished evolving there into, you know, who we see there at the beginning. Um, so I, I just thought it was interesting to kind of think about some of those differences. Um, and I'm curious to see if it kind of stays that way um, as we yeah. continue or uh, if it kind of stays the same. I'm loving it either way. I'm so, so 
freaking stoked. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I'm super stoked um, to just be talking about this again. Um, that was my number two. Like, again, I'm getting lost in my numbers. What is your number <laughs> one? Whew. All right. Uh, we've hinted at it, played around with it a little bit, but I'm going to talk about it. And it is just the reemergence of the dark past. Yes. And... <laughs> And what we get to see there. And it's it's throughout the whole episode. You get to see it boiling and building. And it all, of course, is connected to Matt Caldwell. Mm -hmm. And it starts with after, you know, the the FBI flag on the computer. And he's annoyed with Matt. But, like, it's just an annoyance at that point. But it's when he goes to the station and and Esther brings it up. It's like, oh, you know, that Matt Caldwell is always getting into trouble. And then, you know, Logan comes in and she's like, you know, what do you think? Matt did to end up on the FBI, you know, hold list. And he's like, oh, it's probably just some kind of thing. And they start talking about Matt's past. And they're talking, well, you know, the boat thing was like, you know, five people died. And, you know, oh, but it was an accident. And he was in the hospital. And, you know, he's a good kid. I'm sure his record's spotless. But I'll look. Well, maybe there's a couple spots. Mm -hmm. And Dexter's sitting here listening to all this. And it's making, it, um, making him uncomfortable. Yeah. To where he changes the subject really quickly. Because... Mm -hmm. I think he can feel the tinge of that dark passenger starting to get a little hungry. Listening to all this stuff about Matt being like, maybe this guy is a bad guy. Maybe he fits the code. Maybe. Yes. And this thing is boiling yes. in him a I'm little so bit. I'm so glad and... that you think that too. I'm, <laughs> I'm right there with you. Yes. Yeah. And so that's why he doesn't want to talk about Matt. He doesn't want to talk about even when they're at the bar for, before line dancing, you know, and Angela sits down and it's just like, oh, the last thing that guy needs is firepower and this. And he's like, I don't want to talk about Matt Caldwell because it's just going to bring up those feelings of like, because can't, who is he? Is he a bad guy? Does he fit mm -hmm. the code? And that, that's those questions are just boiling in the back of Dexter's head. And so he's dealing with this dark passenger, you know, Matt's bringing it out just by being yes. there and these little things that he's learning. And, you know, Matt is, it, it Matt is eating away at him and he's, He's getting, you know, really bothered about it. And like, I think, of course, the big moment is while talking with Bill at the yes. party, who is high on pot and coke. All the things. <laughs> Just yeah. spills everything to Dexter, which I think maybe the funniest line of the episode, aside from the tuna sandwich bit. I don't know why, but I laughed so hard at it. It's just, he goes, you know what they call me? And he goes, Bill. <laughs> And he goes, no, dick face. He goes, oh. <laughs> just, Dexter's <laughs> just dryness. Uh, I just love it so much because. I cracked up so hard. He's so, <laughs> like, he just, Dexter, I mean, he lies all the time. Dexter lies all the time. But at the same time, he's just so, like, deadpan and honest. Right. And it just, it, it kills me. Yeah, I love, I love it. Yeah. You know what they call me? Bill. <laughs> like, you know <laughs> yeah. you're Bill, right? It's just that Be delivery that yeah. <laughs> killed me. Um, but yeah, but but Bill just spills everything out of frustration mm -hmm. and anger at Matt. You know, he brought this girl to the party and now Matt's banging her in the next yep. room and he's having to listen to it. And he's he's sick of Matt's shit. And so he's just everything. He just tells Dexter everything. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck that yeah, guy. Fuck he all just this. lets it loose. And he's like, you know, Matt purposely crashed into that guy's boat that killed five people over some kind of money issue or something. Lost, he made him call, cost yeah, him a deal. Him, uh, lose a deal. And, yep. Right. So, like, they was playing chicken with this guy because they hated each other. And then the guy yielded, and then he ran him down anyway. And these people end up getting hurt and then dead. And then 
Big Rich Daddy stepped in and paid off friends and witnesses and police and and him all of this stuff. Which, yeah, even yeah, and it's the whole scene. I'm I'm split on it because I was like, it's very expositiony and not the most creative writing, but I'll roll with it because I was like, you have to get Dexter to that yeah. point where he's like, this guy, there's something there, and then you know having Bill kind of being put down and mistreated a lot. It helps sell it a sure. little bit because you're like, yeah, you can see this quote unquote friend of Matt's who's just sick of being stepped on is finally, you know, he's he's stoned and coked out. And he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to tell this random stranger everything because what is this guy going to do? The the Eagle Scout goody two shoes from the gun store. What is he going to do about it? He'll Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know who he's confessing to. Right. At all. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so I, I do love that, but yeah, I think at that point, that's that dark passenger's like, ah, you're gonna have to let me play. I mean, and yeah, that <laughs> that just perks Dexter's ears because you know that again to satisfy and to have buried the dark passenger for so long. I mean, I don't think he's come across any need to how many because being in a small town. Most people are going to be generally pretty good, right? He's not going to run into yeah, like... you've seen the problems they're facing right now when him and Angela are having sex in the back of her car. And the problems that Esther's calling her is we have sheep on the loose and somebody stole the pies for exactly. the potluck from the church. There, there's no that- one out there murdering people, you know. And I think that was also part of his choice to live where he lives. Like, there's not going to be a mm-hmm. large pool of a population of... Uh, drug dealers and murderers and think you know that the his victims that we saw in the past there's not a large pool of that going around in a small town right so no reason to activate the dark passenger and all the more reason to be able to suppress it because he's not given a a, a, i hate to say reason um to to carry out his act and feel like he needs to rid the world of this douchebag who clearly doesn't have any remorse over what he's done hasn't learned over the years from his mistakes because what bill is telling him is like this is just like a pattern that just keeps happening over and over again and he's never going to learn from his mistakes he's not going to ever be redeemed he's going to continue doing what he's doing he's going to continue to hurt people um, until, of course, Dexter steps in to be judge and jury to take him out so it doesn't keep happening like he did in his past right. life. Um, yeah. So that's good. You did mention, yeah, like nothing else going on. There is, we did get that little hint of something. There is, yeah, in that a little something. Where these missing missing women mm-hmm. that, none of them have been found dead, but like there's a lot of women going missing. And I don't know if it's right in this town or if it's just kind of in the county, the area, whatever. But I think that'll I think definitely play, play off. I think into the rest of the season. <laughs> Dexter is going to have to try to find out who this person is responsible for these missing women, and that's going to be a nice little outlet for him over yeah. the season. I they're, think they're definitely planting something guy. there. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, uh, and we talked about you know what happened with the deer and with Matt, and that's that was that final mm-hmm. straw. And so he clocks Matt with the gun for real, knocks him out, and then that's when we get the inner monologue, like I was talking about, and. The dark passengers returned, and we have Dexter back. My favorite serial like, killer. Right, if we're back, <laughs> if we're gonna do this, let's let's do it. The plastic is back. Oh you know, God. he's pulling all this plastic stuff. He's got to make the kill room. And when we finally see Matt taped onto that table, I was like, oh, what a visual! I've missed you, Dexter yes. Morgan. <laughs> missed it all. Makes the makeshift blood slide. I do like that. Afterwards, he decides it's not necessary. He's like, 
I'm a killer who's evolved. Like, I'm a monster that's evolving. That's what he says, I think, is maybe a monster, but I'm an evolving one. And I don't need the blood slides. I don't need trophies. I just, you know, it's new... (laughs) New year, new yep. year. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's so uh, good. But when when Matt wakes up, this interaction between the two of them, I literally just have quotes. I just have a whole I do like, too. list of quotes. I do, too. A bunch of them. I, I love the lines here because it's that dark, dark Dexter that we, we know and love where, hey, don't bother struggling. I'm no Eagle Scout, but I do know my knots. Um, or you're fucking crazy, man. Arguably, but not the point. I like yes. that one. Uh, where he goes, you know, um, you know, tell me what you did, own it. And he goes, or what? And he does the thing with the playfully wiggles and I go, ooh, or I'll fucking kill you. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, oh, here he is. I love you. Are you just gonna fucking execute me or some shit like that? Wouldn't be the first time. You think you're gonna get away with that again? Again. Not the first yep. time. <laughs> <laughs> Just he's ah so deadpan with it, but I, I love it. And then finally, when he Matt freaks out, he's like, "Well, my mom died when I was eight, and then my dad wasn't there for me." And you just see him watching, and he puts his hands on his head, and he goes, "You're blaming this on bad parenting." It's like you can almost hear Dexter's eyes rolling at uh-huh. that shit. Like, I was like, "Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, it doesn't pass with Dexter." No. Is, life is short, dude. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's 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 a great exchange. It was, it was like, yep, here's the Dexter that, that we it love. was so good. We started with Meet Jim Lindsay, and then ended mm-hmm. with Hello again, Dexter Morgan. Hello, Dexter Morgan. When yeah. he totally owned yeah. who he who he is, that he's suppressed his urge all this time, and he's living life, and he's for all practicality is still like living normal. Right. I mean, he's still kind mm-hmm. of hiding who he is, of course. Um, but he owned it. He's that's who he is. Yeah. He's a serial killer. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why I just don't think, I know you were talking earlier when you started and uh, about issues that you had where with season eight and how it ended and that you were hoping, you know, that why would he leave Harrison and, you know, that you didn't like that about Dexter, that he was able to just go off and leave his son and that it could have been different. You know, and I, I understand that for sure. I think we want that, but I think at the end of the day, for me, I have to keep, like, I have to keep telling myself Dexter is a serial killer. Now my favorite serial killer, but he will never change who he is. That is who he is he might be able to suppress it for a long time and not kill people but he is a serial killer and this was just proof in the pudding right here (laughs) makes that very clear because that's another one of those quotes from that interaction where he goes uh, matt goes wait are you a serial killer and he goes i was but you know what you're right who are we fucking Mm -hmm. kidding it's not so much that i was it's that i am am. And I thought, no, exactly. Like, he's, ah. he's just, oh, God, it's so fucking good. And then the line that shows, it's the inner monologue line that comes back after he stabs him. And it's that it's that new beginning, a new introduction to Dexter. How do we start season one? Tonight's the night. Yes. Yes. <laughs> chills. Absolute chills. I know. Um, <laughs> I know. Goosebumps. All of this whole whole thing. Goosebumps. Loved it so much. <laughs> I love that. Well, 
that that it goes into um, a little bit. I know we've we've talked about Matt. We've talked about the ending and some of these callbacks, and that's what I want to talk about now that we've kind of shifted some of my mm-hmm. numbers around um, and my points. I want to talk about callbacks, um, and we've talked about a couple of them. Uh, sharpening of the knife. I loved that because like, oh, is he going to use it? Nope. For that local butcher in town who you just happen to see, like, you don't see quite yet that it's a pig. You just see him butchering flesh. Yeah. And you're just like, huh, what? Uh, and Dexter's kind of like, hmm, <laughs> that's a familiar scene, you know, kind of because that's what he did right yeah. after he chop them up and stuff them in the biodegradable bags and dump them in the ocean. Um, but who else in town are you going to trust to sharpen your knives and care for them? Dexter Morgan, who happens to have a love of knives and be very smart with knives. Yeah. So good choice and benounced to this butcher, I'm sure. Um, him working in a local weapons and camping store. Dexter obviously knows his way around weapons and the outdoors. Um, he's very knowledgeable about that. So that makes sense. He is still meticulous. He likes things neat and in their place. Uh, like when he's, Spots the knife in the window shop and he like, oh, what the hell? Like he's almost offended by how it's out of place. And then somebody put that. Yeah. Like (laughs) what the hell? That's out of place. How how dare someone leave it like that? Right. So he goes and writes it. Um, So he's he's still very meticulous. You know, that was very apparent in in the show. He he didn't like messes, uh, you know. And he was just always very neat. Um, Mm-hmm. Something that is a, a, a bit uh, obscure, I think, but something that I recognized after because it's still fresh with me after rewatching. Um, he says to his boss, um, I think it was his boss. Oh, yes, when he's talking about um, what what does he like better uh, for the I think for the names or for, for the dog, and he goes, "Hey, I'm Switzerland." Um, I, this to me was like a callback yeah. in season two when his sister and uh, Lila were butting heads and he refused to take sides when they were bickering and he would often in the show uh, in seasons one through eight take a neutral stance right he was just like up oh, i'm yeah. not picking a side here i'm neutral um he let's say he oh when he is getting ready to start his shift right before matt comes in like he sees matt approaching the door and he just he closes his eyes takes a breath and says here we go um and then you can see like Mm -hmm. that mask right that he presents to the world kind of like what we would see before um he says in the show uh kind of have a thing about blood nice little callback (laughs) blood splatter analyst uh when Matt, when he tells Matt, hey, that's a bigger gun than what you're going to need. And he's like, oh, well, you know, what do you hunt? He's like, oh, well, I don't hunt anymore. I haven't killed any animals since I was a teenager. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I shouldn't be laughing because I'm so against cruelty to animals. (laughs) And it's not funny, but just his delivery is what what makes me giggle. Um, And just the callback, because we know that's how he started. Uh, before he moved on yeah. to uh, humans, before that wasn't satisfying his need any any longer. Um, I liked, it, maybe it wasn't necessarily a callback, but just kind of a funny reference when they were talking about um, when the chief w- noticed her daughter bringing too many people back home on the on her ring camera. And she's like, oh, weren't you glad they didn't have those uh, when we were, when you know, back in the day? And he's like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm just thinking, how funny would it have been? Which... It wasn't like ancient times, of course, when, when Dexter ended, right? I mean, we had technology, and there were certainly cameras, I'm sure, especially in a large city like uh, Miami, where, you know, there were security cameras mm-hmm. and, of course, um, you know, like banks and probably um, traffic cameras, things like that. But can you imagine what he would not have been able to get away with had there been more like those ring cameras? I mean, 
So right. many people have those nowadays, and cameras are everywhere in stores and people's homes, outside and inside, uh, that uh, it would have made it a lot harder for him to carry out all of his deeds. Um, I like when you brought up the fact that this maybe wasn't necessarily a callback, but just um, things that kind of allude to his past and who Dexter was um, is, is also kind of where I'm going with, with this point, too, was the reason for Dexter changing the subject about Matt when the, the cop started looking him up and he's like, oh, I think there's a couple spots here and why he was flagged. Mm-hmm. I, I was curious about your opinion, and I think you've already said this, because um, I was like, I, I think it could kind of go both ways, but I know where I'm leaning, is do you think it was because he didn't want them to kind of consider looking up him, not really maybe as Dexter, but as Jim Lindsay, and kind of start poking around? Um, or was hmm. it more that he didn't want that temptation out there and having that knowing that this guy, Matt, probably deserved to be taken out? Um, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about them like trying to look into Jim at all. That would that ever crossed my mind. So that's an interesting thought. Yeah, because like I said earlier, I yeah I took that fully as he was like, "Don't talk about Matt Caldwell when I'm already thinking well, about killing him. Don't give me exactly." More reason to. And I, and yeah. and I leaned more towards that after that conversation with Bill because he because Bill's like, "Well, do you know what else he did?" And Dexter's like, "Or do you want to know?" And Dexter's like, "No, I don't really think I I want to know." And you can not really. He's like, "Don't yeah. tell me because if you tell me, it's going to trigger me." Right is what I got from mm-hmm. it. So that's why I was kind of leaning yeah. towards that. But I feel like Dexter just very much wants to like avert any attention to like he always does, right? Kind of avert, um, you know, thinking about that and changes the subject. But I think it's more of what what you just said um oh when he says it's good to be back after knocking matt unconscious then he starts reciting the code oh my god that was so great um when he's building the kill room from items that he just has around there in his new place like he's stripping the plastic from his greenhouse he's got duct tape everybody's got duct tape right um he's probably got a good collection of knives um already um when he says sorry about the mess i'm out of practice (laughs) Right. Which we do see. I mean, at the very end of the episode, after him and Harrison go in the house, like there's blood spillage on the snow outside oh. where I'm assuming where he dragged Matt to wherever his kill room was set up. Like, I was like, that's not, not good. good. That's uh, not good. You are he a is out, out of practice, practice but <laughs> because Dexter was absolutely meticulous about being mm-hmm. clean and cleaning up after himself and leaving nothing behind. Um, but he did take a he did take a blood slide as a trophy. He did take that, and yeah. I, I thought, oh, does he have a windy unit to hide that in? <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I don't know. Yeah, you're right. That's he is out of practice, um, and so unlike him. Um, I think well, that that's all that I had for for my number one. Just just geeking out over the callbacks and kind of the hints of of. Uh, who we knew Dexter to be and his past. And uh, I, I I do like how they, I think, I mean, it's not nearly as fun, I don't think, but I think that you could have not ever watched Dexter seasons one through eight and watched the show. Uh, I think they, they, they plant enough callbacks and Easter eggs and things like that for to make it fun for us as fans and longtime yeah. viewers. However, I do think you probably could watch this 
without having watched it. But why? Why, why would you? Why? Why are right. you here if you haven't <laughs> watched? Because if you love this, you really do need to go back and 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 watch them because um, it's, it's so freaking amazing. So I think it's interesting the way yeah. that they're doing it, making it kind of open for a broader audience than just uh, fans of Dexter. Um, okay, well, that was my number one. Do you have any notes? Yeah. Um, let's see, I know I had a lot of notes. We'll see what I have or haven't covered. Uh, one of the things, talk about the callbacks. Uh, we didn't get the opening sequence, like I mentioned, but we do have the hot sauce spatter on the ham in the callback. skillet, which is a callback to that sequence instead of eggs. But uh, I, I did think that was cool. Yes. It's a little little thing there. Um, but yeah, just other kind of random notes. So yeah, I like that Dexter went after Harrison, but I thought maybe it was a little bit risky in a way to like tell Angela on the phone, sorry, I can't be there tonight, and then drive right past her a little bit later on his way to go pick up Harrison. Yeah. It's like, that's, <laughs> luckily he had already disposed of the body. It wasn't like carrying that in the trunk of his no truck kidding. or something. But, you know, because it is nice. He has his dumping ground literally right behind mm-hmm. his house, just the little frozen lake in the backyard. So that's helpful. He doesn't have to drive all the way to Miami Bay right. anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, let's see. Yeah, just the return of Jennifer Carpenter is dead. Good is to see her. I'm, I'm, I'm. I have thoughts, but I'll let you continue with your notes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, these are just like the random notes here. Uh, Esther looking smooth on those prosthetics. She's mm-hmm. got moves. Uh, out on the dance floor. <laughs> uh, there's the, the young girl, the teenage girl that Angela is talking to at the bar. Yeah. Who is, says she's taking off on the bus. I wonder if she's going to play more of a role because it feels important. It does. I feel I like they, why, they paid feels, attention to her a little bit. Like, so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so I wonder about that. And then, yeah, I think, yep, only one more thing is just another line that I thought was funny is uh, Fred Jr., the boss at the the shop, where, you know, tells him to go take the, the gun off, and he's just like, because we got to go pick up Garfield. Yes, <laughs> he got the name. But then he go, uh, Dexter asks him, he's like, uh, should we really sell him this gun? And his response, he goes, nine grand? Uh, yeah, it's called commerce. I'm into it. Uh. Yeah, that's a big purchase for a small town <laughs> yeah. gun shop or, um, you know, yep. recreational type shop. I know it's not just a gun shop, but, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Well, and also another good reason why Dexter would stick to the rules and not just be like, uh, you know, because I mean, clearly Dexter bends the rules or has in his previous life. But I think one way to not have any attention on him, I mean, what if he had sold him the gun before, you know, that hold on on his you know, ID went through and then something did happen. I mean, yes, it would cause problems for the shop, but it would throw a spotlight on Dexter. <laughs> yeah. Who's the guy that sold him the gun? Oh, oh Jim Lindsay. Who's that? Let's start asking um, questions. And that person doesn't exist. Hang on. Exactly. On? Start investigating Which, him. I don't so. think I called this out. Uh, for some reason, but the name Jim Lindsay is an, obvious nod to the author of the Dexter novels that this whole thing is based on, which is Jeff Lindsay. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't d- know that. So, uh, I think that's cool. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> I was like, it has, it has to be. But uh, anyway, yeah. So, and him being the stickler for the rules, I think 
it's a good way to to kind of take things off of him also you know not so yeah it would come back on him if he would have sold the thing but it, it's funny because you knowing dexter the way that we do after all of the original series mm-hmm. and stuff for people to be like you know especially matt to be like oh the eagle scout he's such a stickler for the rules maybe if you broke a rule once in your life you'd have some fun and it's like if, if only, only you knew, knew what this guy was capable of if <laughs> only you knew yeah it, it, it's fun <laughs> to see how he taunts him and you're just like dude <laughs> You know, you have no idea what you're about to unleash. Yeah, so good. Any other notes? That is all I have. Well, I I think we've talked about most of mine, too, but I'm glad that you brought up Deb. Uh, She was uh, in my note. We like you said, we we get to see Deb again after we know that she died in the final season. And she has now taken up the role of Dexter's con conscience or also his dark passenger mm-hmm. uh where it was uh his father harry morgan um in in previous yeah. seasons so i'm curious what you think about how this how deb being in this role versus harry will change dexter um i think because you call it harry and i've, I've kind of referred to him too is as the dark passenger Mm -hmm. i mean i I don't think it really is because the dark passenger is more of like that yes well i think i think after a while dexter kind of correlates between the two a little bit like he starts to kind of merge because he's like but i'm using harry's code so the code and harry kind of become one and the same and that's you know the driving force i think deb on the other side is because he's moved out here and he's purposely trying to get this new routine and suppress things i think him choosing deb is kind of the opposite side of that coin. She's kind of his light passenger in a way, the, the light side of what that was. It's his conscience, his reminder of who he can be of what he had and like what he's actually capable of the, the things that he sacrificed for her, the things she sacrificed Mm -hmm. for him. I think that's why he chooses Deb in this role here is like the light passenger. Like I said, I think it's kind of the opposite of what Harry was for him instead of like, I have these urges and here's this code that I can abide by to get away with it. It's like, here's these urges and here's that conscience on my shoulder telling me, but you're better than that. I agree with part of that. I worry because Harry is the one that taught Dexter this strict moral code to abide by um, Mm -hmm. that, you know, if, if he's going to kill, then the person that will be his victim has to meet a certain criteria right? Um, Also, Mm -hmm. his strict moral code is what helped prevent Dexter from getting caught all those years. Yeah. With, and and, and Harry is what, you know, when he saw Harry, he thought of of this code, thought of following his code, and went by the code, lived by the code. And Harry's absence, now that it's Deb, I think, like what you said, it's an absence of that code. And I think I fear that without that, he's going to be a little more reckless than what he would have been had it been Harry, you know, reminding him of the strict Mm -hmm. moral code. You know, Deb was kind of all over the place in the series. She was erratic and kind of compulsive and, you know. She has a moment where she loses a suspect off of some Miranda rights, like... Mm-hmm. Flub and the guy gets out and she does. She goes to Dexter's like, do your thing, 
Like she, so I can see where you're saying, like she did play that right. side as well. So I, I, I worry a little bit because of how she was versus, you know, this reminder, what Harry represented that now we have Deb there, uh, how that might change Dexter and how, um, you know, at least moving forward now that we've, we're back to Dexter, not Jim Lindsay. He's kind of shed that skin a little bit as Jim Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how it's going to affect him moving forward, and how it's going to change him moving forward. So yeah. I don't know. I thought that was interesting yeah. though. But it's good to see her back. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another one of the things that also leads me more on that, like she is that lighter conscience keeping him from, is because after he does kill Matt and kind of disposes of him at that moment, and we have Deb appearing to him for that second, where she goes, "What are you doing?" And his answer was, is not listening to you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I wonder, it's like, I'm tired of suppressing it. I'm not, I'm, this is who I am and this is what I'm going to be. Yeah. I, I think a little bit of a different Dexter. I think still kind of who we mm-hmm. know, but I don't know how much he's going to adhere to the code that he stuck to for so long that yeah. Harry taught him. Um, so I don't know. It'd be interesting to see moving forward. I like it. My God, I'm just so excited. Uh, I can't wait. And, you know, if you didn't already know, everyone, this is released on a weekly basis. So we're all stuck on that same weekly timeline, whether we like it or not. I know. (laughs) I'm used to when we cover our Netflix shows, we finish recording and I go watch the next episode. And I can't do that tonight. And I hate it. We're we're stuck. We have uh, a handful, a a couple Uh, more nights to go before um, we were able to watch that next one. So everyone's stuck, stuck with us. But we are covering it weekly. Um so glad, glad to be doing it. I'm just, I'm thrilled. I, I feel like I'm still going to mm-hmm. be like walking on air for this episode that will carry me into the next one. It'll be okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. That, that's great. I think that that was a great uh, representation there of this first episode. I'm sure we're going to talk more and more about this first episode in correlation with this next episode as well. And I can't wait. Um, I don't have a lot of news Um at the moment. However, I did think it was interesting. I was poking around and I did see that the premiere episode is projected to have delivered uh, 2.2 million viewers across linear and streaming platforms. And it's on its track to become the most watched Showtime title ever on its premiere day, according to the network. It also is the most watched scripted drama season opener um, telecast among all premium channels so far this year. Um, on wow. Linear, the premiere episode drew 866,000 viewers on Sunday. Uh, then On Demand and streaming viewership is projected to hit one point, over 1. 1.3 million, making for a 2.16 million total viewers project, projected for Sunday across platforms, all the platforms. Because you can get Showtime through lots of different platforms. You can subscribe to the yeah. channel. There's like a Hulu you can stream. add-on and stuff. Yeah, there's okay. add-ons to the uh, streaming services and things like that. Um, so, yeah. And I think this was Showtime's biggest, I think that was one draw to kind of bringing it back, right? Was because Dexter's yeah. considered Showtime's like bread and butter for so long. This was one of yeah. their huge hits. I mean, they've had other great shows too. Um, but this was, was a big deal. Uh, back in the day. So I think definitely a big draw to kind of bring it back and uh, knowing that people would definitely look to be writing the wrong of season eight. Um, so yeah, more news to come. We'll see if there's anything interesting um, as it comes out. Um, I hate to, you know, talk about anything that isn't interesting. So, but I thought that was interesting. I was like, yeah, you can see the, 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 the people who are ready to have this back. Right. And the, um, 
you know, the audience is there. So we are not alone. All right. Well, let's get to uh, one of my favorite parts of um, the podcast, and that's our listener feedback. Because uh, like us, a lot of our listeners were pretty anxious uh, for Dexter to return. So let's see what they have to say. Um, You want to take that first one? All right. This one comes from Alma Contreras, who says, Am I crazy for loving Dexter so much? LOL. He is so meticulous about his stuff. His clever... Oh, I think uh, Cleaver. (laughs) Yeah. Cleaver. Okay. Try that again. (laughs) His cleaver was beautiful and so shiny. I can't wait to see what he gets himself into. Is it me, or does his cop girlfriend resemble his sister? I'm sure it will be revealed soon, but I am wondering how Harrison found him. Yeah. I'm curious, too. Yeah. That is a good call, because I did wonder about... Because I did. I had that same thought when when Angela is walking up in uniform. I I pictured Deb in early seasons in her police yep, uniform as before well. Before she made like a plain clothes cop. Yeah. Yep. In her, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a little weird too. Yeah. It went in some <laughs> weird places. Um, yeah. And no, you're not crazy for loving Dexter so much. I do too. So I'm right there with yeah. you. <clears throat> Jason Erdman says, so good to see Dexter again. This episode did a nice job establishing his new identity and now small town surroundings. It started off slow and ramped up strong, touching on those familiar emotions Dexter fans have come to know. Why now, Harrison? Hmm. Looking forward to the rest of the season and your podcast. Thank you. And the last one written in is from Doug Fick. It just says, I am a glass case of emotion. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah, that was great. Um we did get a couple of voice messages as well. Um, one I'm really anxious to hear uh, is from my former co-host and also fellow Dexter uh, fan uh, is Sean. Ooh. See what Sean has to say. Awesome. Hey, what's up, Strange Indeed fans? This is me, Sean, and I'm jumping in for Dexter New Blood, uh, Rima Paik. Thanks for letting me. Uh, well, thanks for letting me. I just wanted to reach out, let you guys know you're doing some great stuff, and I want to share about this show that I've loved for a long time. It's come back, and episode one did not disappoint. Just finished it, jumping on to do this. So, uh, like some big things, right? The songs in the beginning I thought were great. First song talking about like the passenger, then you had Give the Devil His Due, and then you had a song about lies, like really kind of cool, like foreshadowing. But like, honestly, like through all the Dexter things, you always kind of rooted for, like, it didn't even really like think of him as a serial killer because he was just kind of a guy going out and, you know, killing a lot of bad guys, right? And honestly, this episode. And I feel like this season is really going to have more of a horror movie feel. Like, this is your serial killer. Like, you put up your, like, Michael Myers and things like that. Like, Dexter seems like, in this episode specifically, is that. Like, he... I mean, he was just there and just, like... You know, you have this dark passenger that's following him. It's his sister at this point. She's trying to keep him on the straight and narrow. And honestly, when this first started... I thought we were going to find out that, you know, for the last 10 years, he's still been following some passenger and still doing some stuff. But apparently, no, he's been clean for 10 years and that changes. And and the guy that he kills in this episode, too, is, you know, yeah, he's done some bad things, but it's not at the level of 
the people that Dexter's killed before. You know, all of them had some more deeper demon type of, like, they're basically like images of him that he was killing. This kid, not so much. Like, yeah, bad guy, did some bad things, probably should be in jail, but not necessarily to that level. And Dexter has taken that to a whole new level. And like I said, honestly, watching this, like, I felt scared. I felt nervous. I felt like I'm not so much rooting for Dexter to get away from, you know, taking out these bad guys as more as I'm rooting for Dexter not to fall down this deep, dark hole. And you have to wonder, you know, have we just been blind to that for the the lifetime of Dexter and that in this moment that he's in, like, we're seeing the true Dexter. We're seeing this very, you know, like I said, we've been blinded by it. Now we're seeing this really dark, this scary, this... You know, you know, like, and they said this, like, he's called a serial killer. And I don't know, I, it's been, I didn't watch all the episodes, you know, going back to watch this. And I know people have called him a serial killer, or, or at least it seems like he's been referred to that. But I don't know if he's ever acknowledged the fact that he was a serial killer. And in this episode, he essentially, like, owns up to it. He's like, oh, yeah, this is what I'm doing. You know, a lot of times we saw him do the things like there was hints of pleasure from it. Like there was hints that like, oh, yeah, he likes taking these trophies. Yeah, he likes going through and doing these things. But it always felt like it was for a greater good. And in this one, you don't get that at all. It's him going into these urges, going into this finishing kill again on this kid that I... I find it hard to say, like, oh, I totally deserve it. Go, Dexter. It's more of like, oh, like, this does not seem good. And and now, like, and Hudson showing up, you know, we, we saw that in all the trailers. So we're like, okay, well, Hudson's going to be coming back. And, like, maybe that's going to be the overarching story here. But, you know, right away he gets sent away. And you're like, okay, well, maybe, maybe that's kind of a, you know, faking us out a little bit. But he's bringing them back in. And that interaction on that bench, too, felt very, like, you know, he kind of says, like, oh, I got to protect my son like I was protected. But, like, it's a little nerve-wracking to think, like, oh, shoot. Like, is this more of, like, a grooming scenario? Like, you know, this is called, called Dexter New Blood. It's, like, in his head, he's like, okay, I've got to, you know, I bet he's got a dark messenger. But he's just like me. And now he's got this idea that he's got to groom him to move forward into his. But uh, great episode. I loved it. Uh, again, I, I have more horror feels, like horror movie feels from this episode than I had in any of the other Dexter. So, like it. Uh, excited to keep watching these. Uh, you guys keep doing what you're doing. Uh, and I love you guys, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Oh, love you too, Sean. So good to hear so from Sean. So good to hear from Sean. <laughs> Been too long, buddy. Um, you know, I I agree with some of what you said there, and we were just talking about it, or at least my theorizing that this kind of little bit of a different, almost like scarier version of Dexter, and I think it does have a lot to do with the absence of like Harry, the the consciousness mm-hmm. of Harry being in his life, and that loss of that reminder of the code. Uh, I mean, I know he starts reciting the code and remembering that, like, first rule, don't get caught. But I think that he's going to lose some of that a little bit, and we're going to see a little bit more of a scarier version, not just, like, yes, he's always killed people, and I don't condone that by any means, although I did always kind of root for Dexter (laughs) in the past. Uh, But, you know, it was like, well, he did focus on really bad people and yeah this guy this matt guy total piece of shit and he is totally responsible for those people's deaths but sean has a point he is a little bit of a different level of someone that dexter would normally 
target. <laughs> the guys that Dexter would target were other serial killers who premeditated exactly. went out and were killing. They and recognize each other, abusing other like, people. They saw, and, like yeah. they saw Dexter. Like you're like me, or Dexter would say, "You're like me." Mm. The, Matt, definite piece of shit, needed to be in jail, but he was not like Dexter. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Yeah. It was a good point that, yeah, when Sean brought that up, I'm like, you know, yeah, Matt was the worst, but was he really like... Yeah, I mean, That exactly. level. Like, yeah, I don't... I, don't I know. know. <laughs> I know. I don't know. Be interesting. Um, thank you, Sean, so much. So great to hear from you, as always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then random thing I thought of, because Sean mentioned, you know, it had Dexter really owned up to the the term serial mm-hmm. killer before. And there is, as in the beginning of season seven when Deb finds his slides and finds all yep. of his stuff. And she does. She flat out asks him, are you a serial killer? And he stops for a moment and then goes, yes. So there is that mm. moment, but that's all I yeah, can think Yeah, I of. thought that he had. I He's often refers to himself as a monster. And, even, and he even mm-hmm. kind of gets that from Harry, where Harry's like, I just didn't want people to... Like, she didn't see you for the monster you really are. And Dexter's like, whoa, that's how you think of me? Um, and and that, you know, definitely impacts him as he's... Because I think he, he kind of hears it when he's like a teenager or a very young adult. Um, and, mm-hmm. and that really sticks with him. Um, so I think that's how he, he used to think of himself often. But I think he just... I think he does, yeah, refer to himself. Um, at least one time, like you said. Yeah. Great feedback. Great. I, I knew Sean was going to have something to say. We used to talk about Dexter often yeah. uh, when, when we would podcast, so I knew he'd have something to say. Keep right, keep keep sending in your feedback, Sean. Want to hear what you have to say? Mm-hmm. Um, but we also got another voice message from our good friend Steve. Let's see what he has to say this week. Hey, Pagan Raymond, this is Steve, and this is for Dexter uh, New Blood episode one. I don't know what happened. I was halfway through, and then the. It crapped out on me, and then I lost my whole live Steve that I had done up to that point. So now I'm just going to tell you what I thought of it because now it's not playing. But uh, I loved it. I, I, there's a couple things that I was a little confused about. The whole ritual of of running out and finding the deer, or does it does the is the deer in the same place every day? And he just runs out there to it and doesn't shoot it. It just that was un, that whole sequence. Those sequences were a little unclear to me. Of course, until the end when when uh, uh, Caldwell. Is that his name? Yeah, Caldwell shoots the deer, and that that you know makes Dexter go into uh, killing mode again. Um, so I was a little confused by that, but uh, I love the fact they brought back Jennifer Carpenter. I love her, and I can't wait to see how they're going to use her. I, I kept waiting throughout the whole episode for the voiceover to come back and because that's such a familiar thing about all the eight seasons that they did before he had a constant voiceover and we didn't get it until the very end so maybe they're bringing it back for the next episode um but uh, the only quibble or kind of problem i had with it is there's no way that guy would have been out there hunting alone and so i i can't see how dexter would have had enough time to kill him drain the deer and then get the body out of there before one of his other hunting buddies found him there. So that was kind of a a little bit of a problem. I love that Harrison. I was wondering if we were going to see any of the other characters. So I wonder if they're going to bring back Aster um, or not. And uh, so anyway, um, can't wait to hear you guys talk about it. And sorry, I wasn't able to live Steve it. I'll get the next one. 
We love hearing from you no matter what form it is, Steve. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, that um, provided that feedback. Um, I hope to hear from more people. I think there were a couple of people I was expecting to hear from that um, maybe didn't uh, get it turned in on time. But um, if you want to go ahead and leave your thoughts, um, if you missed this deadline, go ahead and leave your thoughts for episode one. We'll still talk about it on the next one. Because it's all relevant, and um, I'm really curious to hear what everyone has to say. Thank you, everyone. Um, So glad that everyone's as stoked as what we are to have this back. Um, Just this nice community of all of us, um, you know, enjoying and geeking out on it again. Uh, Well, next week, uh, we will be covering the second episode of Dexter New Blood, uh, I had to check this title a couple of times just to be sure that it was right. But according to what I found, um, the second episode is titled Storm of Fuck. Interesting. I, I hope that's right. Because um, otherwise I'm going to sound really silly right now. But that's <laughs> if it ends up not being that, and then we should just have a running joke where every week then we just make up the most ridiculous sounding thing we can and say that's what it's going to be. Right. Um. That would be fun. Um, no description this week. Um, I, I did see the, like, uh, the little quick glimpse that they give you at, yeah, but at the Yeah, this end. season on, yeah. Right. But um, I'll just leave that. To, to everyone, if you watch it, if you don't, or if you want to know what happens, mm-hmm. you can go read the description. Um, but I'm not going to talk about it here. Yep. Well, we are excited that you followed us to the Kill Room. Uh, we ask that you also follow us on Twitter at StrangeTCast. You can like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Speaking of great podcasts, make sure you check out Pake and Daphne on their podcast called Run for Your Lives. Now, Mm -hmm. I know you're just teasing uh, on our Lock and Key episode that we just recorded. (laughs) Um, But do you have anything additional that you would like to promote or maybe Uh, promote it again for maybe someone who's not listening to Lock and Key? (laughs) Right. If you're not listening to Lock and Key, but you're listening to Dexter, because, yeah, it's just the same thing, because Friday it'll be up. Um, So depending on when you're listening to this, tomorrow, today. Yesterday, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but this week's episode of uh, Run for Your Lives, yeah, we are covering the Towering Inferno, in the nineteen seventies. Woohoo! Paul Newman. Uh, yeah, so it's a good classic yeah. disaster film. We got like we like to throw back and do some of the classics and old school stuff. You have to. It's a good one. It's a real good one. Yeah, it's a great great choice, and you got to go back. It's good to go back. Let's let's look at our beginnings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, good choice. So, yeah. All right. Well, that is our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. I'm Dave. And Jason Erdman is strange indeed.